This is JFM Podcast. beautiful morning to you there. Thank you so much for choosing J101.9 FM. You're on to the show. Let's talk your political, social, political and current affairs show right here in the city of Justice. Another good day. It is the 13th day of November 2023. The time is um, actually one minute past the hour of nine and it's a good day to look at a lot of issues. But um, before we get into the neat or the meaty greeties of today's discussion, which has to be the Plateau State Supplementary Project by the new administration, um, 2024, I mean, uh, for the next year, which is 2024, the supplementary project. Yeah. Before we look at that, um, the off-season elections or off-cycle election polls um, for Emo and um, Kogi State ended on started on uh, Emo Kogi and Bielsa started on Saturday for Emo and Kogi. Winners have already been announced, and for BIOS, I think the results will be collected today, and announcements will be made today. Um, it, it was it was a lot to see there. The APC candidate in Kogi State, Usman Ahmed Ododo, was declared winner by the Independent National Electoral Commission as the winner of the election. And although the exercise has also have been yet to be concluded in BIOS, and some parts of Kogi State's results so far declared by the electoral body also showed that the governor of BIOS has Senator Doe Diri was already leading with comfortable margin. But the opposition candidates across the three states where the elections were held have already rejected the results, released, and subsequently called for cancellation, particularly in Imo and Kogi states where Uzodima and Ododo have been returned, elected. And uh, also the Civil society organization Yaga Africa has asked INE to clarify the status of locations where votings did not hold in the off-cycle polls, yet results were announced. It's quite amazing that we're still seeing a lot of, um, well, I would call mishaps happening even after INEC had declared that they were fully ready for this off-season election, we are still seeing that results are coming out from polling units where elections didn't even take place, voting didn't even take place. It's it's still amazing that um, even after this long span of time, INEC is still (laughs) not being able to put themselves together. Well, Um, I don't don't know. It's a a good morning. (laughs) Well, welcome to the show. Funny enough, I didn't even introduce myself. I just got into the Nigeria's problem. Nigeria's a lot. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you are listening. Yeah, welcome to the um, show. Just election, um, not surprising. Yeah. Not surprising because even though INEC, INEC always talked tough, this is not the first time they've been talking tough, security operatives always talk tough. Yeah. Um, there's always, they will do better, we'll, we'll learn from our lessons, we're going to do things better. But I'm going to echo the words of President Valentine Adesha when he said here last week that Nigeria is slowly, not even slowly, and that is fast becoming a one-party state. Mm. Some might even go as far as calling it state capture, even though I think that might be an extreme word to use. But it's not surprising. But I, what I think is surprising is that the people who supposed to, that is the INEC and the security operatives, whose job it is to protect lives, whose job it is to conduct free 
fair, credible elections, even when they fail in their duties and not held accountable. Because I, I cannot explain how a man whose election earlier this year in Mahmoud Yakubu was flawed with some would say, again, yeah, there's a narrative that we often have, and I'm not trying to dis, you know, disparage all, all he has done, yeah. that we've had one of the best elections when it comes to our electionary process in a long time. Yes, there is a yes for that. However, the mistakes that we made in this election, especially the one that happened earlier this year, were mistakes that we all thought were going to be solved. Of course, we know that you cannot totally solve all of your problems. The problem we had, and this is what a lot of young Nigerians complained about, is that certain things we thought we have moved past, certain things we thought, oh, because of what you said, and because of the energy you've given us, these things would not be an issue anymore. And when those things happened, when those issues came up and INEC did not resolve it, and of course the court found a way to, you know, to absolve them yeah. of the responsibility, it sort of dampened our expectations. And again, if INEC did not fulfill a huge part of, of their promises to us, one would expect that it's either you give them the riot act, which is... If you don't do this, 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 if this, 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 this are not met, something is going to happen, mm. or you relieve them of their duties and get someone else. Some would also say that relieving them of duties would not be wise because there's already a process in place. But if the process in place was systematic already, you don't need a certain person to be there. Exactly. A system means that it can work with, with or with without, without a certain person. Mm-hmm. So it either means two things, that there was never a system that ensures for the smooth um, execution of these processes, or you are so comfortable with the mishaps that happen that you want it to continue because there's absolutely no way anybody who followed the elections last um, um, earlier this year would say that INEC covered itself in glory. There's absolutely no way anybody would tell us that, except, of course, you want to lie. Mm. But there were too many mistakes, too many things not done that we expected differently. And, and what you said is, is a combination of two. A person is comfortable that the mishaps is happening, and there is no, there's no, there's no, there's no system. system. There isn't, there isn't any system based off what we have seen, what we are even seeing for an off-season election that you would think INEC will want to redeem themselves. Yeah, the, the image was not redeemed. If it was tainted before, if if it was, if it had patches of black before, mm. now it's totally dark. It's totally dark. We saw, we saw, we saw, we saw on video where an INEC, where a um, you know, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, a party's rep was beaten. Yeah, was physically molested out of, and and some people were again. There's some. There's a thing with Nigerians. We always find a way to explain things away, mm-hmm. right? And if things like this happen in other, I don't want to use the word senior climbs because I don't think any climb is seen. Insanity spreads across board, mm. but some insanity are more than others. You know, yeah, exactly. Insanity that walk on streets, there, there are some, some that stay in the house. Exactly. I don't know what for road. <laughs> now, Already speaking to themselves <laughs> on the road. Um, now, if 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 in, in other climbs where things are done properly, mm. some of the things we saw on social media not just this one, the last one, where grants for a lot of cancellations to happen. Yes. Where grants for a lot of people to lose their jobs. Where grants for a lot of probing to be done, especially when it comes to the finance. And I'm hoping that months from now, we are going to do an audit of INEC because they've spent a lot I of hope money. I they do that and it's not something that once again they sweep under the... They 
So be, they, they will. Because I, some people are going to get hurt, because some people's names are going to get soiled in dirt, and we don't want that. The, the, do you know how much we spent in this election and off-season election? I don't know how much, but I think in my head, from, from the numbers I can remember, cumulatively, we spent close to around 380 billion. Yeah. To conduct elections election. like this. Like the, the, the result, this is the outcome. This is three, almost more than 380 billion, and this is what you this give us. This is the outcome. Really? Like, seriously? It's the same way we've still, you remember that. You because because of, nobody's talking about the money for census. You know, census was oh, supposed no, to. Yeah, we have, census was supposed to. This year. This year. I remember it was put on a hold because of election. Which, election is done and gone. Some off-season elections are still taking place. What as the money, what are where's the money? Where's the money? Well, I, I remember the last time I saw in the news it was around 200, 200. I don't know, no, this is Nigeria, million and billion. I don't, I don't differentiate them, it's easy now. It's 200 billion, 200 billion. So, oh, something, it's, it's the same thing. I think that it has 200 billion for the census, yes. And again, it's the census is quite important. I'm not going to lie, we it is think. actually it's very important that we have census. The only problem I have, and just to segue a bit from the conversation on, on the elections, mm-hmm. is that. Our census numbers are not true reflections of our numbers. That is that, and and there's a. And why, why do you think so? Is it that somebody is not? We're not. We're not. Or uh, the body which is conducting the census, we're not. They are not calculating right. No, 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 no. What of exactly? Course. Because is, why are the numbers not matching? It is politicking. It is pure politicking. It is absolute. There, there is there is a thing with Nigerian politics that that gnaws at my insight. Mm. Not because politicking is bad, but because we do not. In Nigeria, for example, yeah. our politicians do not play politics with a human face. There is a daredevilness about them that doesn't necessarily care about how their decisions would affect the people they are supposed to govern. I'm not saying be holy. I'm not saying be spotless. You're a politician, for heaven's sake, you cannot be spotless. I'm yeah, sorry. Let's just say you're a human being. You're a human being, you, you can't, can't be spotless. spotless. You're a politician in Nigeria, uh, your spotlessness is never going to happen. We understand that. You have your human flaws, you have your political flaws. But there needs to be some level of humanity in your actions. Nigerians, um, 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 you know, census numbers most times have been so politicized that you would see in a place where somebody would say, these are the numbers of people we have. And then you go to that place and like, where are these people? Because the more number you get, uh, the more... Um, you know your uh, your resource. Oh, you, if you have more people, they will need more money to take care of these more people. The only problem is, one would expect that this data that is being given to us from the census, no matter how, how old they are, would help us in our planning. That's why people have data. Oh, we have seven thousand or seven million older people. Okay, what can we do? How can we structure the economy to accommodate older people? Yeah. Oh, we have twenty-five million young people. How can we structure the economy to like? That's the idea of the data. Mm-hmm. But in Nigeria, those data are gotten, they're not used properly. It's either they are used to get more location from the federal government or they are just left somewhere to gather dust. Or like like we, like we saw earlier um, sometime this year where um, the Bureau of Statistics and the guys in employment decided, that, you know what, we're going to change the unemployment calculation. Um, because right now we cannot we cannot i want to adhere to international standards nigeria is a funny place anyway let's not go to our, our double standards when it comes to to data analysis How, we, we present a very good front to to when we need money we, we present that this is the state of the country where we need certain amounts in our in our treasury where we need them to give us certain eight eight hundred million dollars or yeah, however however the money is but we know we know uh, we know how 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 downward we're going let me be let me be unfair 
Nigerian government sounds like many tech startups. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know when you meet, when you meet startups, you, they will give you the whole. They themselves. Say, say, we well, you know, valuation is two hundred yeah. billion. What do you have? What, what, three, exactly. Three, 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 three laptop. <laughs> you know That's say? if you have three laptop. You know, laptops, one mobile phone. You know, I see my my valuation is one billion. If it's, mm, that's true, one billion. That's what Nigeria does. A lot of valuation, but it's not um, real things on ground. Again, I don't want to run this morning. It's a Monday morning. It's it's good to have you. Um, our special guest is here. He's looking quite colorful today. I'm lo- <laughs> is the is the adjustment? He's a friend of he's a friend of the house. Um, Mr. Mr. Lambert Bot is right here. Lovely morning to you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to have you here. We already started. We started. We started on the on the. Oh, from now the plates on the golden plates with silver spoon. Yes. On, on on allocations and monies and how they have been spent and to, and that's what we'll be looking at today. And one of that has to be the supplementary budget for 2024 um, by the. It's the main budget. It's the main budget. I thought it was a supplementary budget. No. It's the main, it's the main, main budget. budget for 2024. But um, just uh, so our listeners can get an understanding. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know how many people um, have read through that budget and the paper because it was it was out for everyone to read um, and I don't know how many people read that and it was a conversation I was having with Emika before we came on the show that okay. this these documents are, are there yeah. you have to read them if you yeah. really want to keep your leaders accountable if you really want to know what is going on you have to read them well unfortunately not a, not a lot of people have read the what, budget, the budget. Yeah. Um, so um, in in a nutshell in summary yes. which you know how to do very well uh, what is the, for the 2024 budget what is in there what should people look out for what is it hoping to what is the government hoping to achieve okay um, thank you Abigail uh, good morning Emeka um, actually let's start this way that the budget itself um, is um, is an annual ritual with um, four cycles that complete the annual ritual starting from the initiation and then where our ministry and other ministries sit and the citizen we compile those uh, values that we want included in the budget then we have the um, approval the approval level is the level where the ministry compiles all summaries and details of the budget itself and makes a presentation to the state executive and at that stage, the state executive is um, also able to sit, or members are able to sit, and then compile, discuss, and then approve that budget. This same approval is forwarded to the House of Assembly for further approval. That is the approval level is at the state ESCO level and at the level of the House of Assembly, which we are today. And then the third cycle is the implementation of the budget itself. And the final stage is the uh, auditing and other side function where the budget is reviewed after implementation. Mm. And then the cycle begins again. So at this stage, um, the state government forwarded a budget of $295 billion um, um, to the House of Assembly. Mm. And in this uh, estimate, we have um, the various uh, revenues and expenditures expected to be implemented in 2024. Actually, you are talking about the supplementary budget. We we had one, or we are having one this year. You know, the last administration planned to execute different um, programs in yeah. its um, policies in its budget. 
But um, you know, this year it's, it's a transition year. Mm-hmm. The new administration felt there are uh, programs and policies that needed some change, and that is not uh, included in what they intend to execute for the people. And you know, within the first hundred days of this administration, there was a need for a quick review of the budget to include aspects that this administration will say they are will take care of their mission and vision for Plata State. And because of that, we were able to prepare um, some environments for his, for the administration, mm. which was also approved by the governor. And then because of the need to have more funding, the administration forwarded um, uh, additional approval to the House of Assembly for more environment to mm. enable it to execute some projects. You know, at the advent of the administration, there was a need to complete the payment of uh, salary arrears. Yes. And then there were security challenges in the state. And then, you know, they came in during the farming season itself. Mm. And then, of course, you know, the almighty elephant, that is the withdrawal of the oil subsidy, yes. the petrol subsidy. And that caused um, a lot of uh, differences for the citizens and therefore there's need for the administration to review its expenditure Mm. and also its revenue profile for the budget for 2023. Now, the 2024 budget, like I mentioned, is 295 billion, which was forwarded to the House of Assembly for review and also approval, further approval. The House of Assembly has been able to receive that. But some things that are peculiar about that budget is that um, the 2024 budget is also a program-based budget for the administration. When, that you, say, is, when you say program-based, what do you mean by that? Yes. What we are referring to as program-based is that the budget intends to speak with the policy and programs of the administration directly. Mm. So if there is a direct policy in agriculture, you look at that policy. And then when you go into the programs of agriculture you also see the programs of the administration. And then when you go down to the projects of the administration for that ministry, Mm -hmm. you also see the projects. Then when you go to the activities, that is the budget level where estimates are made, you'll be able to connect that if the state intends to go on developing its aquaculture, for instance, Mm -hmm. where um, a lot of um, uh, fisheries and other aquatic uh, um, uh, animals are reared for human consumption or for human use, mm. you find out that there is a deliberate policy by the administration to ensure that uh, programs that are associated with aquaculture are embedded in the budget. And that is how it goes all the way. And if the administration intends to also look at uh, infrastructure, yes, then you see that the budget will be infrastructure-based where you see a lot of programs that will be able to address the needs for the deficit in infrastructure in the state. But actually, the administration has looked at the budget and came up with some ideas that it's not every sector of the um, economy that needs to be addressed. And therefore, uh, some drivers were set up in the budget where we have some sectors will be the main drivers of the budget. And these sectors include um, uh, land administration. They also include some areas in the Just Metropolitan uh, Development Board. And then, uh, of course, the Board of Internal Revenue is involved. And then the the agricultural sector is also there, water sector, and um, education were all uh, embedded in the budget. Now, the reason for including land administration and other sectors and infrastructure is that uh, the administration intends to spend more money 
on the economic sector of the economy itself. Yeah, we saw that it was. It took about eighteen points. Yes, eighteen percent. Why is it? Why is it having the highest representation in the? Yes, market? because of the need that um, you know it is good to for government to spend to take care of the citizens, but the state government um, were able to sit down and we understood the vision of uh, the governor or the government that um, we they need to spend money where money will come back. And therefore, the best thing is to invest in the expenditure level, not to run intensive uh, consumption expenditure, but to get some investment expenditure for the administration mm -hmm. so that uh, revenue will also come back. Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask a question just to clarify. Yes. I know the last time you were here some months back, you talked about having an economic you know, policy document for yes. the government. What is the government's policy economically? What's, if, if, if the government is actually defining its economic policy, what would it be? And secondly, the budget of last year and this year are way too different. Yes. It's like more than almost more than 100% increase from last year. Yes, of so course. So my second question is, why this increase? And what is the plan to fund this budget? Because we know that, like you've mentioned here several times in the past, that we've had issues with IGRs yes. and meeting up, you know, to the um, GEM Act IGR we have. Yes. For the last, for this year, I, I saw the report for the um, first two, um, Q2 and Q3 of the budget. Okay. Um, wasn't the most impressive, right? Yes, so what did the government do differently? And why is this budget way more than last year's? Okay, um, that's a very interesting question. Uh, you understand that, um, first of all, after the inauguration of um, this administration, there was a statement from the president himself where subsidy was, was um, removed from the petrol from petrol. Yes. Now you understand the impact of that. If you look at the statistics, the macroeconomics, you find out that um, currently we are running on a double digit for inflation. Yes. yes. Now on that, if assuming we just roll over 2023 budget into 2024, without actually changing anything, what would you value the cost of transportation? all the total cost of transportation in 2023 budget roll over to 2024. Mm. You know that if we had two, three, four, five, or 10 billion as total cost for all MDAs to transport themselves around to cost. move government activities, mm. you know that that would have tripled. So assuming the, the um, uh, 23, 22, 17% of uh, inflation, is transferred. Imagine we transfer 24% inflationary rate that we have today onto 2023 budget as a layman. But, 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 that, Just, would not, but that would not be so because yes. the 20% the, the inflation is not in a one-year span. It, it is cumulatively. But it is raining. But, but, the, but the, the 2023 budget was done also with an inflation number in mind before now. So I don't, I don't know the exact number, but the number of um, the difference between the inflation numbers before the president came into power and yes. now is not 23%. Yes. Obvious. We were talking about 14%. At least 11%, 14% so for that's, 2023. That's, that's but not
now we have gone beyond you know the price you know the price of a mudu of rice you know the price of one back of rice okay you know the cost you know the difference between uh the election period when we're buying things and we're transporting ourselves and the period immediately after the election you you know how things changed so we have to consider that into the cost now not only that we must also consider the dollar exchange rate it's also a factor in the macroeconomics of budgeting so how much is it today you know it's over a thousand naira for a single dollar yes and then if you put that into the budget also so basically you will see that um the budget just moved from 145 i mean 149 billion to, 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 to 295 yes you're right it doubled but if you look at first of all let's see let's look at the dynamics that made the budget to go high yeah first of all before including activities that made the budget to increase you will see that the exchange rate has increased the rate uh, budgeted was uh, 750 naira to one dollar but that's not the reality today it's so over a thousand naira in 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 the budget how mm. much how much how much is exchange rates because we know that we know in Nigeria we have official exchange rates even though the the government has you know floated in naira but we know that in the real sense of it is an official exchange rate is a black market exchange rate yes so on, on the on the um, on the budget yes. how much is exchange rate currently the the national exchange rate for uh, the dollar is still approximately the seven fifty okay. but you know that you can't get that anywhere in any bank uh, you need. So, so you know, we had to come up with what we call a realistic budget. Looking at the circumstance we find ourselves, we must tell ourselves the truth that if we continue to budget unrealistically, definitely we will have problems implementing the budget. My yes. next question, sir, yes. is go ahead. How will yeah. this budget be funded? Yes. Um, first of all, you might not be aware, or you are aware of the little windfall that the nation made from the withdrawal subsidy, yes. Yes. and how that was rushed into making palliative for the uh, subsidy itself. So you understand. And then immediately, you know, the state received um, some corn from the federal government and then some social investment uh, transfers to individuals, so conditional cash transfer to indi- individuals. Now, um, the intention here is that the federal government has also projected its uh, medium-term expenditure framework, and that is where we drew our statutory allocation. And at that rate, we are expecting um, a complete overhaul and increase in the FAC revenue or FAC uh, uh, allocation account uh, revenue to the state. We are also expecting that uh, next year, when the administration kicks up properly, the VAT of the state will increase because there will be a lot of economic activities and this will lead to a substantial increase in the VAT. Mm. And therefore, we projected that. And then there has been a lot of uh, revenue leakages with the Board of Internal Revenue. The projection for 2023, 25 billion, but today the projection is 38 billion. If I about 40 billion from the Board of Internal Revenue, for next where year. yes, where they will plug in all the leakages and the plugging of leakages and. <laughs> Mr. Yes. Lumber, you know that when it yes. comes to talking, talking is cheap and it's actually very cheap. Yes, actually. it is. From, from, the, from, the, from the months this new, because I know there's a new board right now, a new leadership in, yes. in, in the internal revenue. Yes. What has been their success rate? What have they, because I remember the last time, you know, um, um, the, the, the head was here. He talked about the many innovative things they wanted to do. Some of them I've not seen. I'm going to be honest, especially when yeah. it comes to the KK. Mm. However, 
has there been any change in the IGR? Because now just like we all know, now who chop nine they pay tax? Yes. Now who go market nine they pay tax? With the way the economy is, has there been any improvement from the you know revenue side of things? Yes, there is. There is great improvement. Now let's look at um, some subsectors of the economy. Looking at uh, education mm. as a sector and a subsector. You know, previous years, the institutions that receive uh, school fees and other tuition from individuals and families, most of it is not reported. And uh, now everything must be reported. You know that the state, we have about 400 secondary schools. And if you go previously, you look at the revenue collected by the Ministry of Education itself. It's not more than 200 or 300 million. But currently, the Ministry of Education has projected over three billion. That is just, that is um, they are going to report every single penny that is received from families and students. Now that has boost, that is a boost on our IGR. And then, if you look at some land administration activities, currently, if you visit the Ministry for Lands and Survey, you it will not take you a very long time to obtain your credentials or your documents when you apply. They have intensified ways to simplify your registration and documentation, and then to immediately release documents to uh, applicants to ensure that, and that has also intensified some collections. In fact, Lansan Survey has come up with um, over 11 new revenue heads mm. or subheads mm. that they intend to, okay. uh, you know, collect from the people. And then there is an intention by, okay, this administration to also intensify efforts into the informal sector next year. You know, the informal sector has been a huge problem, not only on Plateau State, even the Federation itself, mm. all around states. You find that it's difficult to collect simple revenues from the citizen. Now, the Board of Internal Revenue is going to intensify that because they are going to apply some methods that will enable them to quickly, even if it's, um, imagine if it's just 15 era um, that is collected from the hawkers and terminals, you know that that will be in millions per day. Okay. And these are some of the efforts. Um, and of course, they intend to review the pack and pay yes. structure. Okay. That, that one, so I remember he spoke on <laughs> extensively. Yes. Um, my, my next so, question has to be the state's debt profile. Yeah. We yes. know before the new governor came into office that debt profile was around 300 billion. Yes. We also know that I know you came here one time when we had the issues with the with the workers and you said the state was about to take a loan. I don't know how successful that is. I was going to ask you that so you can okay. tell them if the loan was collected, if that loan was collected, how much was it to remind them? Because I know you talked about, you know, the payment period that is quite you know, quite flexible for the government. Yes. For this loan, how much are we borrowing and from who are we borrowing this money from? Okay. Actually, um, the administration went in for loans, and these loans were from just commercial banks. They were not from the capital market because uh, loans from capital markets cannot be used to pay areas of salaries. They cannot be transferred to individuals. Uh, any funding from the international or national uh, financial markets, they are very specific. You cannot collect such monies and then transfer them to individuals, unlike the federal government. That is what happened at that level. But at the state level, every capital receipt from financial institutions um, are, are investments. But then for the short-term loan, the administration received, and then some windfall also from the federal government. This was uh, actually used to clear off the salary areas. As of today, salaries are, are duly paid when due. 
and then some other social uh, benefits to individuals. How much was this loan? Uh, well, the loan is relative. You know, it, uh, uh, the loan was supposed to be 15 billion. Yes. Yeah. But you know, as time went on before the loan was uh, accessed, yes. more months also went uh, into salary areas. But therefore, um, about 15 billion. About 15 billion. Yes. Yeah. And you know, these are short term loans. loans. Yeah, right. For, for, the, for this budget, within the administration, the for loan budget. Okay, the the it's not a loan. It's um, our deficit. Our the this this um budget is actually deficit with about uh, fifty one billion. Okay, and therefore we are saying that um, though it's a balanced budget, but there will be a lot of financing, and this financing I'm sure it can be done from several quarters. We intend to come up in the state from our ministry, our, our recommendations will be to go into the financial institutions to obtain such sure. gap, okay. to close these gaps because we, the state cannot go into short-term loans. We mm -hmm. need to go into loans mm -hmm. that will turn off for some period of time before they are being paid back. And mm -hmm. then, you know, most of these loans must also be directed into investment expenditures, yes. into investment projects mm. for the state so that um, their effect will also be positive in the long run or even at the shortest run. So in the long run, it seems like after every administration, uh, yes. we always come back to pay some loans. certain loans, uh, backlogs <laughs> yes. of loans. Of so how, so for whoever will be coming next, yes. how, how would they intend to, how do they intend to uh, pay this loans? Okay. Um, paying of loans, you know, the ventures themselves, so where these loans are spent, uh, these ventures are supposed to generate the the the, um, the receipts for government, mm. where they they are supposed to pay back what was acquired. Yeah. For instance, <clears throat> before you reach Abuja from Plateau, you see construction on the highway where some funding. Uh, some funding were obtained, and then you see uh, toll gates being constructed. You know, on your way from also Plateau to Lafia, mm. you know, there are about two toll gates, I think. And you know, those toll gates are uh, deliberately constructed to to receive back what was invested in those roads mm. to ensure that they are paid back. And you know, this repayment. Um, does not happen immediately, but they take some time before they are exhausted or before they are completely um, um, repaid. And so even in the state, yeah, yeah, maybe, uh, who knows, tomorrow when we create our own highways, anyone so, that will pass so, through so our the, state so will also So the state is pay. saying that they would be able to get the monies from some of these investments they have yes. made to be able to yes. pay back this loan. Yes, of course. Uh, I think one of the major things that a lot of people we would all, a lot of people talk about is the cost of governance and how we they think that we should cut down the cost of governance. Now, in the 2024 budget, there is something called the recurrent expenditure. Yes, yes. And the amount right there is about um, 157 billion. Correct. Yes. And um, one of the things that has caught my attention there, which I, I'm sure a lot of people want to get an understanding, yes. when you say personal cost, what, yes. what, what is personal cost? Okay. Personal cost is actually payment of uh, salaries and other emoluments mm. to the civil servants, whether they are working or they are retired. Okay. This will serve as their remuneration um, from their salaries to their allowances. This is basically paid as personnel cost. Mm. The other one is the overhead cost. And in the overhead cost, there are two subgroups in the overhead cost. There is also a cost of running current government. 
and there is also a cost of mm. running previous government in uh-huh. the overhead cost. Please run us previous <laughs> government. <laughs> When previous government leave, yes. they are also an expenditure. They leave, they trail, they leave a, a huge trail of, uh, and that is where the loans and other indebtedness or, mm. or other liabilities are paid for. If the uh, current government meets another period when even rent, rent, you know, rentage are paid in areas. Okay. So if the previous government stayed in some buildings, it is now time to pay. So sorry, they have to pay. Sorry to cut so, you short, but maybe it's just me thinking funny, yes. right? Um, do you think that there should be a policy that for whichever administration Past, yes. present, before you leave your office, yes. you must clear your debts. Yes. Uh, well, it will help, but it's not um, conventional. Mm-hmm. You see, there is no government in the world that can be run without funding. And That's wherever true, yeah. the funds are, governments must get them. Mm-hmm. You understand even the current war in Israel, the current war in Ukraine. You can see other governments or other nations that have funding that are sponsoring. That yes. is investment, mm-hmm. you know? And therefore, they need tomorrow to receive back. And then even Ukraine itself could also uh, get some funding from other countries, thinking that even when the, uh, this current administration is out of office, the next administration will also pay. Mm-hmm. You see, in life today, there is no administration, no government in the world can function without funding. And the moment the funds are insufficient, they must get it anyway, anyhow, to be able to give services to the citizens. And the only aspect that I might recommend is that any administration that is in office must try to structure and restructure its indebtedness. Mm. They must try to work out ways to be able to clear liabilities. Mm. And to clear any form of indebtedness. Has, has this government done that? Because, like, like we all know, three hundred billion, extra fifteen billion. Yes. Um, with the debtors, have we? Has the government gone to restructure the debt servicing or debt payment structure? Because yes. one of the things I know is many times when things like this happen, and new government, they go like, "Ha, we can't pay this this time. This is how we're going to structure it so that we can have money okay. to put into our economy." And has the government done that? Okay. You see, um, the structure or the components of the uh, uh, liability of the state into that amount that you mentioned is in different components. For instance, there are some payments for liabilities that are on uh, uh, irrevocables. And these irrevocables, no matter what comes to the state, they are deducted from source. For instance, um, this year, the state has paid over $40 billion. Some of these uh, debt or liabilities are spread. They are not immediate. Some of them could run for the next 10 years, next 15 years. It depends on the structure. And then you can also restructure such uh, liabilities and pay them in the future if you don't have capacity. It's like you have a salary of 30000 and you have uh, an indebtedness of 100000 mm. But that is not collected in one day. It is spread within the year. So every month that you receive 30000 maybe you need to pay 25000 as a liability. And therefore, you can restructure and say, okay, come, my friend, look, I don't have money. I don't have to be paying you 25000 out of my 30000 So what we will do is extend two years on my payment so that I can be paying... <laughs> I can be paid twenty five thousand. I can be paid five thousand. Wow. And then, and then uh, 
I will enjoy 25,000 today when I'm healthy. You know, then the balance of what I, I, I post into the future, you may add 5% interest so that you, I will be, you know, I will be, I'll be living. I will not just be surviving. And that is what nations do and also states do to restructure their debt. That is in a layman's way. But actually, the debt servicing in the state, there are some irrevocables and these irrevocables are there. Um, they cut across the years. It might interest you that there are even foreign loans mm. in the state, not only the national or local loans. There are foreign loans that need to be serviced. Mm. And most of these loans that are foreign, they are interest rates. If you see what is happening there is that we are servicing maybe a loan of $5 million with maybe practically sometimes even $6 million per annum. more than. Yeah. But, but because the interest rates are very high. All right. So it's, it's a function of the people who took the loan yes. and the structure yeah. of the loan when they collected No. It. The problem is the people who took the loan, what they did with it. Loans are good. In any government, collecting of loans or accessing loans is a very good venture. But what do you do with it? All right. What do you do with such funds? All right. Before before we open the phone lines, my my final and last question to you. Um, I I know that you have always been one who sits here and when you say when you you want to make policies or make budgets, you tend yes. to want, you want to involve the people. Yes. For the 2024 budget, were the people involved in this one? Yes. On this yes. One? Was, we we, we had town hall. You I was here before we yes. went out on town hall, hall in yes. April. Yes. In yes. April. Yeah. And therefore, we have uh, injected some of uh, we have tailored this budget with some of the needs of the of the people of the. People. People, yeah, we have roads, we have water projects in this uh, 2024 budget that we received as submissions from the people, and therefore, um, we also have even some health centers included in the 2024 budget. Okay. It's just that this budget, as the administration captioned, is is a, is a foundational budget. It's a budget of new beginning. It's a budget that is huge by you, but it's not like that. But the budget is an intentional budget to lay a, a, a foundation to restart, to rebuild the, uh, that's the what state. I, that's, that's what every government yes. says. Everybody, you have to realize to that you have to study each government with its own features. Mm. Okay? If you would like, with time, we'll be able to go into the details, details of, of the budget. Definitely. One of these days, I will come and I give you the... So we'll break it down. Yes, so that we can break it down. So people know how much their money yes. are going we could look at it uh, ministry by ministry. ministry. And, sub, and subsectors and subsectors. Yes. And sectors. Correct. All right. Yes, Yes. the numbers to call this morning, 9 5566 or 0817777 and you can head on to our social media platform this morning we're asking you where will the state government source the monies for the new budget and do you think the increased budget represents what the state needs now don't forget www.facebook.com forward slash jfm joss of twitter at jfm joss you can follow us on instagram at jfm joss and on youtube at jtv joss hello good morning Hello, good morning, Adigo. Morning, welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Chukudi is calling you from Aliyeri, as usual. All right, Chukudi, go ahead. Good morning. Yes, uh, good morning, Mr. Emeka Danilonesi. Good morning, Chukudi. Um, yes, on the issue this morning, please, and um, permit me to digress a little. Uh, Nigeria, our beloved country, is turning to a one-party stage, unfortunately. Unfortunately, just unfortunately. Uh, I don't see how we... Hello, Chukudi, are you there? 
All right, you could do well to call us back. Hello, good morning. I think good morning. Morning, welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Uh, this is Ajusa for Inti Joshua. Ajusa, go ahead. Uh, my sister is very, very unfortunate. I said it last week when Professor Nandi Aduba was in, in our studio about Imo State elections. I said it that uh, the governor of Imo State hoped uh, we won the election because I already decided to hijack the whole process. Even on social media, I saw what is happening. Even some police are helping them in, in rigging the election. Honestly speaking, I know this is what is going to happen. In, do you know that? Before you see me from my local government, that's also local government, that all the youth were chased inside the bush. I'm telling you, no election. But I never already announced the election. If you are not satisfied, go to court. Because the uh, APC administration have decided they want to make one party system in Nigeria, which is very, very unfortunate. Adigel and the NECA in the studio and yes. Yes. If you do well to the people that you are governed, they will, they, they will support you and vote you. But unfortunately for this administration, APC, since right from 2015, after the campaign promises, eight years, they did not do anything. They decided to use all means Thank you so much for your contribution this morning. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Morning, welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Yeah, thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Kumar. I'm calling from Sadiq Kumar, good morning. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I will comment you. Yes, you have spoken very, very well. And actually, when we look at the budget in this administration, especially as the government, is something that we recommend the government, seeing the kind of debt that has been left behind. You see, this debt that has been left behind is very, very often in the last administration, even from the uh, national to the state level. They are just collecting debt, and there is nothing that has been done with the debt. The kind of spending that the government has doing, that's what is causing this kind of debt uh, that is acquiring in every administration. But you see, it make this administration very, very hard to get it right when it comes to budget. But with the kind of uh, uh, courageous and the system that the government have bring in the budget that they have brought, it is very, very recommended because the government have bring in uh, a very, very big investment that the people will see and know that, yes, the government are working. But you see that the budget cannot be fulfilled without paying of tax. That to say that the interest generated revenue and the people supposed to pay their tax are the revenue. And I want to call on the government also, the yeah. way the tax have been paid. Hello, Sadiq Kumar, are you there? System. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So the government has to make a very good system that they will be collecting their tax so that they can be able to fulfill uh, 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 the budget. So yeah. there is a lot of things that the people have to compare with the government when it comes to the issue of tax and the budget in the state. Thank you very much. Complex. Thank you so much for your contribution this morning. Don't forget 09 nine zero five five six 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 nine nine or 0812187777. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. 
now I do well to call us back. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. All right, the number still to call 09055666699 or 08121877777. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Radio Mama. I don't know. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Radio Mama. We can never progress as a nation until we fix the structural deficit, and that is fiscal federalism, otherwise known as restructuring. When that happens, states are allowed uh, to uh, mean, uh, control their resources and then pay tax to the center. That will make most governors to now think outside the box than waiting to go to Abuja to go and share the fat money or whatever. Then uh, even census, I remember your preamble, you were saying uh, why are the figures falsified. I keep on saying it and I'll continue to say it. The census, census we are going to have will not, I mean, those figures will not be uh, genuine figures. They will not be reliable. You can't rely on them because the development is tied on the population. And so long as we are not, uh, we haven't restructured, each, each, uh, each uh, state will want to inflate their figures, whether we like to hear it or not. That is the problem. That is the problem. That's the cause of the matter. That is why, no matter who you put there, look at the Tinubu where people are praying, saying his strategies, he has gone there, he cannot perform. No matter who you put there, the person will still continue to have this problem. So it's a structural problem. Until we, uh, we, we talk about it. Then about elections, I said it in your, your platform and every other platform that I don't trust INEC, no matter the, 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 the policies you are making, that everybody should go in that election with an anyhow I mean, what, I mean, uh, mind. And that's exactly what has happened. So I don't want to waste my time, my credit to talk about uh, INEC on, on, a, on a Monday morning. God bless, bless you, but I, I Thank know. you so much, Reggie Mama. She doesn't want to waste her airtime talking about INEC on the Monday morning. Hello, yeah. good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Welcome to the show. What's your name? Where are you calling us from? I will be calling you from Bochi Road. All right, they will be. Go ahead. See, my take on issue of debt is just simple. If the government will not cut down the cost of governance, then forget it. Mm. Honestly speaking, there will be no changes. For in as much as you can just cut down on the cost of governance, let's see a public office as a voluntary office where people can go to work for the people. You will see that we will get it right. But if the cost of governance will not go down, then we can never get it right. We are praying that we will always continue to pray for our leaders and ensure that the people is job. But if they do not cut down the cost of governance, it will even eat into our economy more than the subsidy remover. So is that time the government do the need to get you sacrifice the way they ask Nigerians to sacrifice and please allow the poor to breathe because Nigerians are really passing through a lot and this death will not help us in any way. Thank you and God will continue to bless you people. All right, thank you for your contribution. I think we would um, maybe try to squeeze one more call in before we read your comments. Hello, good morning. Hello, uh, good morning. DJ, good morning. Morning, welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Good morning. I come with Bernard on the line. Come Bernard. Good morning. Come on, Bernard. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to a day that's spoken like a citizen, patriotic, and uh, a pro-democratic system. Then, look at this four-year traditional ritualism election. When are we going to get it right? Other people are going digital, electronically, through artificial intelligence. What are we doing? 
Every four years, we hire DIGs, we hire commissioner of police, we hire SS, we have DHS, and everywhere security, but no security. You see, until only we begin to talk about implementation of some of the reforms, like Justice Wade, that Yaradu are coming, the election that brought me went far. I have to commit a constitution, a committee that will look into it, and he proffered that. Before me election, the incumbency should step aside. And the other level, whatever organization should appoint the under chairman. The people appointed this resident is never banana, and they participated this election in season election. Yeah. So, how can somebody who played the part, how will you take the tune? We have this structure, like Mama and said, this structure is fraud. So, mm-hmm. what all right, Kobe Bernard, because of our time, I'm going to give you just 30 seconds to wrap up your thoughts. The issue is that if we don't make it less attractive, mm. American Democratic Motoris, what are you going to give to America? Not what you collect for America. People are using this country for 20 years. People are using this country and they are collecting this. <laughs> Thank you so much, Comrade. Comrade is not having it this morning. <laughs> All right, on Facebook, Adila Gabiaki says, The current government on the plateau knows what they are to do to improve the lives of Plateauians. The time is now to turn things around in the state. Izang Joshua says, Well, for every budget, there is a source. Where will the money be coming from? What are the areas for the funding of the budget? Plateau state government generates revenue, and I believe we can fund the budget through the revenue and monthly allocation. Also here on Facebook, um, Kusan went off. Like God is really is just concerned about the yacht. <laughs> <laughs> there's no yacht in this world. There's no yacht in this world. Uh, oh right is not trying to get acquire yacht. Yeah, the government, I'm I don't know. Um, it says the yacht is just a problem because in this budget, um, I I believe that our government will use the money well without complaining. Felkuka factors go on says the only clarity we need is for the government to use the money accordingly. And Nam Steven says mind is on the yacht. There's no yacht. This one is for the state government. There's no yard in the state government budget. Before they go and accuse him later now that he bought yard with, with, with state money. Julius Achigak says, let Plateau State Government use the money appropriately to develop and make Plateau State great again. Anas Ali Ugarba says, use empowerment, Plateau Youth, and are redundant. Please employ the youth. Let them have something doing. Agawe says, as for me, that budget is okay. Let them reduce the price of PMS. Lami Paul says, my own is let them reduce fuel price. That's the only thing he cares about. The state government cannot do that, though. Gyang Timothy Phillips says, any other thing in... He said, Mio... Any other thing inside that budget, no concern me. Let your price go down. <laughs> Sunday, Yula Gazdor says, you can't be okay. Um, and Paul Adairami says, my own BC, no structure. All right. Um, those are the comments we have on Facebook. Well, we fi- for, before we go, a final word from um, Mr. Peter Lambert, but in 10 seconds. Okay. Um, Abigail, for those calling for transport means calling yards. Well, the state government has acquired some trains mm. and some buses for palliative the state. The total budget of more than 300 billion. Do you know how much it is in dollar value? Mm. It's just about 380 million dollars. Yeah, exactly. That is just the budget of Plateau State. And that's not even the budget of a country in the advanced nations. So that's what they call local government. But it's an entire budget of a state. I will suggest that the Plateau people should join in the budget process. Mm. As long as they stay away from it. Their contribution will make it perfect. So, Plato people join the budget process. 
please. Thank you so much, Mr. Peter Lambert, who is Permanent Secretary for Ministry for Budget and Planning. Thank you so much for being a part of the show this Thank morning. Thank you, Abigail. Thank you, Omeka. Thank, Thank you for you. coming. The news comes up by 10 o'clock. Keep your eyes locked on to J101.9 FM. Good morning. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. 